Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Whittacombe. Welcome to Parents in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern-day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or, hopefully, how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice, and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. Hello, you're listening to Parenting Hell with... Rex, can you say Rob Beckett... Rob Beckett. And can you say Josh Widdicombe? Josh Widdicombe. Oh. And can you say, we love you, Rob and Josh? I love you, Rob and Josh. Oh, well that's done. nice. That Very is, good. That is a winner, isn't it? That is a good one. Hello, sexy Rob and sexy Josh. This is my son, Rex Rainey. That's a cool name. Introducing your brilliant podcast, Rex Rainey, private detective. Rex Absolutely. Rainey investigates. What a great name. Rex is two and a quarter and was born during the first week of the first lockdown on March 25th, 2020. Rex lives with mum, Kim, dad, Josh and Fergus the dog. That is an absolute anxiety bomb, that, isn't it? We're going into a national lockdown. Uh, I'm just having contractions. Um, can can we do it one thing at a time, please? Have you you bought enough rice? Have you got some toilet roll? Oh, my word. Because people would be like, do you know what? It'd actually be quite a good time to... uh, have a kid this first lockdown because you're stuck in your house anyway. But then also, anxiety in your brain will always find the worst thing about that. The good thing about that is you can just focus on your baby. You're both at home, you're indoors, yada, yada, yada. You can't go on holiday, but actually holiday's hard work. But your brain goes, they're not going to socialise. They won't They won't have seen anyone. They won't have seen anyone's mouth. It'll only be their eyes. I was in labour for such a long time when I had Rex that we weren't in lockdown when I went into labour, but we were by the time he was born <laughs> five days later. <gasps> oh, my God. You're actually laying, having contractions, going, they've shot the ears. Well, she says, my husband had a nightmare trying to pick the right moment to break the news. (laughs) (laughs) That poor sod. Oh, man. That is incredible. Thank you for being so sexy and relatable. Kim Rainey, Horsham. How are you, Josh? All right? Yeah, I'm all right, yeah. Good, good. Um, Any news? Anything you want to report? Not really, no. It's, um, you know, it's... It's all, it's all trucking along all right. I should um, clear up, because uh, you, you, there was a, the, uh, my TV works with iPlayer, Rob. Oh, sorry, yeah. So basically, we spoke last week about your telly not working and you not knowing how to watch the football. Then we spoke about you watching the football and loads of people have said, how did he get his telly working? What was going on? What are so all those wires doing? So I tried to get the doing? garden TV working. Yep. Didn't work. Didn't okay. work. Gave up. Just doesn't work. Well, I need to. I just couldn't work out how to tune it in, and I realised whenever I've done it before, someone else has tuned it in for me. Because like, oh, like someone else had been round. Yeah, like big boys that had come to watch the football. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and so, you, are you really like? Is it you can't be bothered and you're busy, or like if you had an hour and a half with no one in the house, could you do that? Do you think, or is what, it just so something out of the just, sky? Yeah. I think if I had an hour and a half in the house, yeah, I could easily do that. Oh, so you're not like completely, it's just that no, when no, you're busy, just you think, I'll oh, forget thing. it. I just, yeah, okay. the sky in the house 
I know exactly what's happened. You've seen all yeah. those wires. They're in the picture. Everyone complained about them when yeah. I put them on yeah, Instagram. If you go to Josh Widdicombe's uh, Instagram, you can see the photo of the telly and his daughter cuddling her mates and all the uh, the wires hanging down the side that people are very triggered by, by the way, Josh. Yeah, and my son has obviously just been throwing those that box of wires around for the last six months when he walks yeah. over there. And it's obviously dislodged something or something's gone wrong. You know, one of the wires is broken or something. But I just haven't got the time. So I haven't got an hour and a half. And if I have, am I going to use it for the Skybox? I mean, for me, that's an absolute priority. So how do you watch that on iPlayer? And what are you doing on your telly to get iPlayer up? Because you've got a smart TV. So it works smart TV because it cuts out the Skybox. Oh, so you just press the button and it t- and you could always probably log into like Netflix or something. That yeah, way, yeah, yeah, you? exactly. But what we can't okay. do is watch live TV or watch Sky Sports. Oh, or so things. you can watch Netflix and like Disney Plus. Well, I can't watch Disney Plus because my um, I I got a new debit card and I haven't got around to changing it over on the Disney Plus account. So what does your daughter watch? Basically, like iPlayer, CBBS. CBBS. Bloody really? She's just yeah, all about CBBS. Has she had a go on Netflix yet? No, she's she's into uh, yeah, there's a lot of bluey on Disney Plus, isn't there? Yeah, she likes that. Yeah. There's a new series of that coming out. Yeah, I've heard. But yeah, so that's the situation I'm in. I reckon okay. I'll probably you know 4 or 5 weeks time I might have time to sort out the live TV. You got to do, you, do you have the football? Yeah, of course. There's, oh, <laughs> you'd be, oh, you'd be, before you didn't have much time to um No, no, but I have access to it in the hypothetical universe in which I get to watch it. Right, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the other, the alternate version of Josh Widdicombe that didn't have kids is watching the football. Uh, that, that, basically, to be as, fair, we, as we speak, I'll watch it of an evening. Do you know what I mean? So the Champions League or a pointless game on a Monday night, I can watch those. But it's the Sunday afternoons that I find almost impenetrably impossible to try and put on the television. I would recommend a trip to the toy shop in the morning and get something to play, and you open it at the strike of four pm when the game kicks off. Oh yeah. Is it worth? That's it? the way around yeah. it. Um, I've got a, ba- <laughs> I've got a baby, uh, a booming story. If you want that, before we introduce our guest. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, boomer parent. Hi, Rob and Josh. This is from Tracy Kim Brown. Even though my children are now 28, 23, and 20, I love being reminded of those parenting joys that come with having small children. The worry never goes away. It just gets different. If that helps, does that help? No. Cool. The boomer parenting thing. You always seem to have horror stories, so I thought I'd give an example of my amazing parents who went above and beyond on many occasions. Okay. Yeah. Left field. I left home, moved an hour away from home when I was 19. I had a little unreliable mini that was always breaking down. On one particular occasion, I broke down on a petrol station forecourt and had to be pushed out of the way. I called my dad, the only person I trusted, and he drove an hour to where I was, hid his car and called the AA pretending to be driving my car so he could get it mended on his account. The guy arrived and argued that he had passed me broken down so knew it wasn't my dad. Oh, no. Oh, no. No. Dad stood Dad stood firm and got the car fixed. He once drove the hour just to change a flat tyre for me. I should say I'm not spoiled, only child, but what an example he has been. Hard act to live up to. That's from Tracy Kim Brown of her dad being lovely. That is That's nice, isn't it? A very Is nice. it funny though? <laughs> well That's the issue, isn't only, it? Only when only when they got caught. Yeah, that helped a bit, that didn't helped. it? That, otherwise. that sugared the pill, didn't it, of someone being nice? Because the problem is, someone may be listening to this broken down and there's no one coming to pick them up. And do you know what they're thinking at that story? Fuck you, Kim. <laughs> do you know who would be interested in that story, Rob? Who's <laughs> that? A money-saving expert. Oh, that's clever. It was Tracy Kim, not Kim Brown. Anyway, thanks, Tracy Kim Brown. Thank you for listening. A money-saving expert, yes. If only we had one that had a child we could talk to. Well, 
why don't we hear from them? I mean, we we, have, we haven't got that. We won't be giving them that story because this was already recorded. This interview, so it doesn't. Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what your rights are there. That's something you'll have to sort out. Um, but uh, yeah, this is great because it's a really funny interview. It's very really funny, Martin Lewis. I wasn't expecting him to be so funny. One of our most requested guests. Yeah, and he gave some good advice about money with kids and kids, as well as being a very funny guest. Yeah. Um, so enjoy. This is Martin Lewis. Martin Lewis, welcome to the podcast. Me and Josh are very excited about this. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for having me. I, I don't feel I had much choice, to be honest, because you put it on a previous <laughs> podcast. And then, oh, you gosh. know, social media um, pester power and uh, walking down the street, you're going to go and do parenting hell. And my, my, my dentist, I mean, it just... Oh, no. I'm with, with, oh, I'm with so a urologist sorry. or something. It could have... <laughs> Oh, it um, so, so it's a delight to be on here, guys. It's an absolute delight. Okay, for those on social media, I've done it now. Are you happy? Yeah. All right. This is our first hostage. Amazing. Yeah. Well, it's a pleasure having you on. Thanks for speaking to us, Martin, and we'll see you again soon. Yeah. <laughs> so, is it just one daughter you've got, and she's yeah. ten? Is that and right, she's Martin? Nine and a half. Nine and and, and half. as you know, halves are important at this point in, in her life. She's nine and a half. Yeah, she's a tall sapphire or mini MSE, as I sometimes refer to her. And absolutely, and we are we are private about her, generally, because yeah, yeah. I feel you, I mean, you'll understand, you make that call with your kids when you're in the yeah. media. Are you are they going to be exposed or are they not going to be? And we, we sort of, our decision is when she's 18, she can make that decision, but we'll try and keep her a bit protected from it for now. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's well, that's the sort of decision that I tried to make. And then I ended up doing a podcast about her when the theatres were shut. <laughs> and as you know, <laughs> you're trying to be a bit frugal with money. But we, I don't put any photos of my daughters up or even say what their names are. But I, I do sort of talk about them from my my, my we have parenting. A, exactly that. I think photos are especially important. Mm. They're private. And we, we try yeah. and uh, be really careful because I mean as I'm sure you know once some, if somebody puts something up on social media the law is it's the social media platform that owns it yeah yes and therefore they have a right to redistribute it and it gets it gets all tricky so we're just very careful not to do that and it will be used in every newspaper article yeah. then because Absolutely. it's like that's it. That's the that's now the library photo of that person, basically, isn't it? Totally. So yeah, yeah. You can't find any pictures that are on online anywhere. We do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and how do you, how do you find it though? Because we only ever get the sort of serious, sort of money saving side for you, and you're so passionate with it, Martin. And I hope you don't mind me saying that you've obviously done very well for yourself. You're very yeah. successful. Really, like this, what you do is amazing. But I, 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 how much are you doing those money saving tips as well yourself, or is it you're just passionate about finding the loopholes? Is it a bit of a is that the kick you get? Of finding the little ways to do it and manipulate the system? Well, it's morphed over the years. I mean, I started off, I, I, I was very lucky. I'm one of those people I invented my own job. I mean, this did not exist before I did it. And I did it based on a sort of codification of the way I'd always lived my life and then trying to make it a bit more scientific with proper research. And, and, and you know, the, the difficulty in my job you know, people say, well, I'm really good with money. I'm a money saving expert. My job is to save other people money even when it doesn't apply to me. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff no longer applies to me. But that basic mentality, you know, if I'm about to buy a, a bottle of soft drink, I'm just not going to pay more for it than I think it should cost. And I just, really? I, will, I will walk a long way to go and find it at the right price because it really annoys me. Now, that doesn't mean I don't go and do nice things and I don't spend money mm. and have a nice time and all that. But there's just, there's something about essential value, which is still what I do. And, you know, and I try and keep on the, the best providers and try and work the system. I still do do all that. 
but clearly in my position i got a time and money equation going on as well so sometimes yes. you have to try and try and avoid the way that you act when it comes onto that basis you can't spend a whole morning trying to get 10p off a bottle of tango do you know what i mean like that that, that no, is but then i just wouldn't i just wouldn't have the tango i'm just going, i'm not paying for it i'm just not having the tango i don't have time i'm not having the tango you know i'll slum it with a seven up or something it's, 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 we can manage this any way you like and so that's really interesting when it comes to parenting because parenting is an absolute money pit yeah. in um, at any point in my life. And it's also a money pit because you're tired and you're like, sod it, it's 2 a.m. I'm just going to buy that thing on Amazon Prime. That I, I'm not going to read any reviews. I'm just going to buy the dehumidifier that arrives tomorrow <laughs> that's top of the list because it's 2 a.m. Or is that not your experience? It, it's not how I operate. I know, I know you're, you're doing it as a bit of a, a pee take. There's yeah. something he's really not, he's definitely ordered that. that is, no, no, that's, no that's, that's my life. That's, that's my life. But actually, there is a big issue about spending between uh, midnight and about six in the morning. With another hat on, I set up and, and chair up the Money and Mental Health Policy Institute. And we did a lot of research on this. And people who have impulse control and mental health issues involving spending it's often night spending that's really difficult. Right. And one of the things we've actually campaigned on, and my own website now, we send a weekly email, as you'll know, uh, and that email, we won't send it between midnight and seven in the morning. Some people, before they complain, you might get it then because your service provider's delayed it, but we yeah. don't send it mm. because many people at that time of night make bad decisions. We actually try and campaign oh, that marketing emails should not be sent at that time because it's really difficult for those who have bad impulse control issues in the middle of the night people spend. I do that. I do that sometimes. If I'm like gone back from a gig late and I can't sleep, I'm on my phone in bed, you're scrolling through and I'll end up with a pair of trainers that I want, Martin. Yeah, you see, that's where, I mean, clearly because of reputational issues and because it's how I built, that's the stuff I just don't do. I mean, yeah. I, I, when I, if I'm going to buy something and it's something, I, I do way too much research. I drive myself nuts with it sometimes, you know, sitting there, sitting there like, well, no, I it. and you know, am I actually <laughs> going to go through it? And obviously it's a financial product. It's easy, but you know, you know, which oh, I've, I've got slight overpronation when I run and I run a lot, which of those trainers is actually going to be best for me? That one's good. It's going through that hustle, but I, that's my issue. I just yes. spend way too long making a decision to try and get something right. The impulse spending, I've only, I only did it when I, when I sold Money Saving Expert, and I still run it before anyone gets into that. But when <laughs> I sold it, everybody kept saying, you just made all this money, what are you going to spend it on? And I got so fed up with that question that I thought, I'm going to go and have to buy something on impulse just so I've got an answer. So I bought two things. Yeah, I'm right? so excited about these. <laughs> the first, off eBay... I bought a Van de Graaff generator. <laughs> what is that? Do you remember at school in physics lessons, it's had like a big dome on the top, yeah. a metal dome, and you turn a handle and it generates static electricity. Oh, the, with hair. the hair, I bought one of those. <laughs> that was my first impulse purchase. It cost about 45 quid. Yep. The second can I, can thing I just I bought, ask on that, how much yeah. use are you getting out of it? I, I occasionally turn the handle, but I'm afraid it's sort of the whole static drive has gone a bit now. So the, yeah. the shock you get is very limited, but it was mainly done to answer you must have bought something on impulse, <laughs> yeah. and I just thought, oh God, I've got God. to have to have feed, feed them, Martin. Feed I think them. that I think that invites more questions, Martin, than it solves. To do be honest, want, do you want the second one? Yes, yeah. please. Because the first one wasn't the weird one. Right. Um, oh, really? The second one is I bought a theremin. 
A theremin. That's a musical instrument, right? It is. Is and that and one of those things where you put your hands around it and it makes a it sound? It is. And, and, and it was really crap and it didn't work very well. But, and it wasn't very expensive at all. But I bought a theremin because I thought, I, I'm a, I like Star Trek. I'm not a Trekkie, but I like Star Trek. And, and that was done on a theremin, I believe. Oh, yeah. I thought, well, I'm going to have a go at that. There you go. I'm going to go do something totally frivolous. <laughs> and I bought a theremin. Those are my two lifetime impulse buys. Wow. Are you, that would be one of the great final questions on who wants to be a millionaire. What two <laughs> impulse buys did Martin Lewis make when he sold his company? So how does that affect yourself as a parent? Because parenting, so often, you know, you've got that added thing that obviously you are trying not to make impulse buys, but a child's life, when you take them out, is impulse. Do you know what I mean? And whether it's a magazine or an ice cream or stuff. So did you did you have the same thing going on there? Would you buy those magazines, the biggest waste of money as a parent? Would you buy <laughs> See, them to It's interesting because my little one will spend hours going through them and reading them. Oh, she really? does, actually doesn't just get the toy on the front, she actually likes to read them and to He's in the jeans. He's yeah. in the jeans. So I'm I'm less bothered about she yeah, I mean sometimes in the jeans, sometimes any clothing. But um, <laughs> it, it, actually I'll leave the funnies to you. Just take that. No, back. Good. I, 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 that. I, I liked it. My stand-up comedy days were a very long time ago, so there we go. Um yeah, and I did, that's true. I did do Yeah, I know you've got your friends with Gary Delaney, aren't you? Oh, yeah, Gary Gary wrote for me. That's how he started. He was my writer when I did stand up. No, really? Yeah, the story of me and Gary is we're both at uni together. Yeah. Gary Gary was the funniest guy at uni. Yeah. And uh I was into student politics. So we, we ended up I was general secretary, which is president of the uni, and he was the end sabbatical in the same year. So we were sabbaticals in the student union. Yeah. And we both love Prescott and Tony Blair. Exactly. I'm not sure which one I am. Um, yeah, I know which one I am. Uh, and I know which one Gary is. Uh, um, so, um, so we did this and we brought this comedy club to to our uni called the Chuckle Club and because we both love comedy. We, it was in the student union bar and it was really great. Um, and when I left, I then went to a serious job, which I just thought I need an outlet and I needed to go. And because as, as uni president, you're on stage, you're doing lots of speeches and I love that type of stuff. So I thought I'd try stand-up, and I got together with Gary because he was funny, and we just sat there, and he wrote, and I wrote, and then I did the material, and it worked pretty well. And I did it for about a year and a half. I did all right. I think I was runner-up in Hackney Empire New Act contest. Oh, that's pretty good. Oh, and that's I really good. The re- I'm the first round of that. Oh, did you? I'm sorry. I, I lost to Paul Zerdin, won it? And I was oh. second, you know, who won Britain, America's Got Talent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did it in Vegas. And I, I won Zerdin. Comedy Cafe New Act of the Year as we're going on that as well. So oh, there we yeah. this, is, this is top-level stuff as a new... Most yeah. people that I'd get to... killed for these credits. Yeah, most people that get new material, new acts finals, they, all, they definitely could have had a career in comedy almost all of them. Yeah, I, I wasn't that good. Gary was good. He was a good writer. No, you and must I have been to get no. that far, Martin. And you know honestly. what? I just can I just say with what I do now, I am so glad people didn't have cameras on their phones. In those <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I am so glad. <laughs> I, I like the performing bit more than the comedy bit. And mm-hmm. then what happened? Basically, at the end, I decided it wasn't for me anymore. I didn't want it as a career. It, it was. It was good fun, but it wasn't what I wanted. And Gary was like, but I love comedy. What am I going to do? He will tell a totally different story at this point, by the way. We fundamentally disagree. He claims this was about a bet. I bet him. I don't believe that's true. We are both right within our own echo chambers. So let's just go on that. He's still a mate. It's not a problem. But I th- I believe what happened is he got frustrated that there was not going to be any comedy. I told him to 
he needed to go on and do it. He was way too nervous and scared because he wasn't a performer. So yeah. we spent we spent a day where I taught him where to look and how to stand and how to oh, turn. Wow. And he wrote all his stuff. And that because I said you've got to do it yourself. I'm not doing it anymore. And that's how he started in comedy. Oh wow! What a story! That is incredible. <laughs> Surely you wouldn't do a bet like that. That seems like a money waste. No, I agree. It's, it, it's just, it's just, it's counter brand. I could never do it. It just simply wouldn't work. Oh, but do you know what? You've traded it. I, I'd, say, I'd say you've made the right decision in the long run. <laughs> yeah. you, you know what? Your accountant would say so too as well, I think, Martin. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to your, your daughter and stuff like that with the magazines and stuff. Does she get pocket money? And She if, does. If she, she does. does do you allow her just to have her own journey of spending it, or are you sort of itching to sort of help yeah, her? Put- she chip up the old block. She doesn't spend it. It just get most of it gets saved away, and she occasionally spends a little bit. She's and got an ISA. Yeah, I, I, she does. Um, <laughs> she does. She has an ISA. She has a pension as well. So there we go. Um, she? Oh God. <laughs> yeah, she has a pension. That obviously she didn't set that up herself. She's nine yeah. and a half. But yeah, if you um, if you if you're lucky enough to have um, to have your ices and to have enough money for yourself i always say on parenting i'll just i'll come back to my daughter and how we do that in a second just a rule on parenting and money yeah no we need this people this is what people are desperate for okay but it's actually it's actually more a philosophy i I get a lot of people ask me questions about saving for their kids yeah and then you talk to them about their finances and their finances are in trouble but i need to save for my kid i've got to save my child's future and i actually tell them to stop for me, parenting and finances is like that moment on the airplane. You know when they go, if the air mask come down, please make sure you fit the air mask over your own face before fitting it over your child's face. The same is true in finances. You've got to keep a roof over your head, keep the debts down, feed the children and pay the bills before you start saving for your children. Right. And you've got to have your own financial future. So yeah. make sure the household finances are right and that is a priority over saving for the kids' future. If the household finances are right, then you can save for the kids' future. So it's the, it's the air mass. You've got to look after yourself first, because yeah. if you don't, you're not in a position to look after your child. So, yeah, I mean, clearly my finances are very strong. So uh, a pension, if you can do it, you can put money up into a pension for a child. Uh, and you can put it in and it's effectively tax free up to 3,600 quid a year and they'll get it later. And if you've done the ICER and you've done everything else, it's not a bad thing to do. But my, my philosophy, when, when Saf was born, I talked about it with my wife because my, my daughter is in a much more financially privileged position than I was growing up. I think I think come, you know, I'm not going to do the story that anyone in politics said, oh, we had nothing when I was a kid, you know. Yeah, not Liz Truss. Nothing. I, I couldn't do anything. I, I, I used not... to work in my mum's pharmacy and my dad was a GP. I don't know how I coped. <laughs> rishy, rishy. You know, my, my dad was a head teacher of a small, small boarding school but uh, for special ed kids. I got my older sister's hand-me-downs. I got some new toys. We weren't poor. We weren't rich. We were somewhere in the middle. But my daughter is wholly different. And so we were, my wife and I, who also were very paranoid about, oh, we don't want her to be spoiled. We wanted to have a proper attitude to understanding what money is. So the rule I came up with when she was born is everything she needs, not everything she wants. And that was my rule. And then she was born. And then we were so rigid on this and we were very careful and not to buy toys and too many and stuff. And we kept it really to a limit. When she was about three or four, we'd go to friends' houses, some of whom weren't in the same financial position that we were in. And they would all have 20 times the number of things that our daughter had. And we looked, I remember the conversation, about, we're overdoing this, you know. <laughs> yeah. We are being way, we are basically being way too tight on this. <laughs> she has nothing. <laughs> she has nothing. We, we, 
<laughs> we're going to have to do some. So, so we loosened it up at that point. But I am very, very keen. I think pocket money as pay is the rule. Nobody, you, you have to learn that you earn. You don't, yeah. Yeah, we don't, we don't learn handouts. We learn that you have to give some time and some effort to get your pocket money. So there are, there are chores that she has to do in order to get her pocket money. And I'm a great believer in that. I'm also a great believer it shouldn't be cleaning your own bedroom. No, that that's, should be a standard, that, shouldn't it? That's a standard. So it's other things. Yeah. There are chores she has to do. What age did she have to start doing these chores for pocket money? Did well, they were different, but when we started months. pocket money, it was probably yeah, exactly about five or six. No, she was about five or six years old when we started. Yeah. But they were just little things. I mean, it's tokenistic. It's knowing. Yeah, it's just yeah. her knowing you're not getting the money without doing something that you have to do. And the chores obviously change as they get older, as the money changes as they get older. But I, I'm a firm believer in that pocket money as pay idea. Yeah. I've got a question. So when I was on holiday, there was some lemon in the drink and it was really bitter. And I said to my daughters, if you um, put that in your mouth and squeeze it for five seconds, you'll get get some pocket money. Is that allowed? <laughs> Hello, Martin. I mean, I'm just, I was just wondering, that is the message, I'm going to be subtle what I say here, is the message not from that? You know, if somebody asks you to do something unpleasant, even if you don't like it or don't want to do it, if they'll pay you for it, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, I Which am I'm wrong. I'm not sure it's particularly good parenting, if I'm honest, Rob. It, it was, no, I'm going to agree with you there. It wasn't good parenting, but it was funny. But that's, that's a lesson for me there. But that yeah. was wrong. One of the worst periods of, like, where I was just, like, spending frivolously and being a parent was initially before uh, my daughter was born. And you've got this list of things you need. And... I was very panicked that if I didn't have every single one of those things, do you know what I mean? It would be because you're you're trying to cover yourself, you're you're trying trying to give some control to this situation that you're terrified of. And so we went to John Lewis and we bought everything on the list, and we're loads of things we ended up never needing. Did you like undergo nasal the, snot and pickers and those? Yeah, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. oh, you know. Yes, I will get the cup holder for the pram that I'm never going to use. All or the cot of... six months before you actually yeah, need it. Yeah, exactly. Did you fall into the same trap? Not quite to the same extent, no. Uh, and and I credit my wife rather than me for this. There isn't there is another person going on in that. And she she did a lot of research and was very sensible. And we had some good friends. I think part of it is I was uh, 40 when we had our daughter. Uh, and my wife was uh, 33. So quite a lot of our friends had already been through it. Yes. Uh, and, and had the skills. And, and we spoke to, you know, we spoke to some of some of the super mums and super dads who seemed to do it all. And they were pretty sensible about how to operate it. So we did base it on that level. But you, you, you clearly get some stuff wrong. And I remember what happened to me. I remember once we got, I don't know if I should admit this, but hopefully none of my friends will be upset. We got so many presents when my daughter was born and so many useful things. And we got so much. And I remember, you know, you have to have the visit from the health visitor. So we had the visit from the health visitor and the health visitor came in and it was just like doing a checklist. And we went, OK, well, we're doing all this checklist and everything's fine here. But obviously I understand why they do it. And it's absolutely right. And we started talking and it was saying, well, it's going next to a 16 year old uh, single mum whose parents had disowned her. who was lived, And we were just like, and we just, we, and, we're, and we're just like. Okay, what have we got? And we just piled up half the stuff we were given and put it in oh, the bag amazing. and said, "Just oh, take." Just, yeah, because we didn't, we weren't going to use it. Yeah. So mm. I mean, it was almost the it was almost the opposite in that, and, and I hope my friends don't mind. But I just thought, I think if one of your friends kicked off about that, that would be that would be an incredible <laughs> text to receive. Where she, where she live? 
Where does she live? She's 26 now. I want it back. She'll be all right. <laughs> you know, but, I, but so we had we had a lot more stuff than we needed. Yeah. We had so many stuffed rabbits. Like, <laughs> just rabbit. I still, I mean, we st- I mean the, she now, now, the, just, she just, uh, she sees a cuddly toy and it's like morphed automatically gets to her. And she, have, she can name all of them. I find yeah. it, do you, I don't know, do you have daughters? Yeah, yeah, I've got two daughters yeah, and I've the, and the cuddly toy thing is off the chart. And you go to like maybe get one to take to a charity shop and they go, no, not that one. I'm like, you haven't looked at that one for weeks. How do you still care? Yeah. And she knows the name. I'm like, yeah. 126 of them and I might get the name wrong. It's like, how do you not know that one's name, Paddy? I'm like, I guess. I mean, every single one of them has a name and a personality. It's, it's a whole mind cave going on in there. Yeah. Do you, I should just get get a whole different load of credit cards to learn instead. <laughs> I think the problem with the soft toys is because they're 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 personified, they're human beings. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's impossible. It's not like going, oh, you've not used this jigsaw in two years. Correct. It's like it's there's an emotional attachment. Uh, can I ask you if your take on this parenting that me and Rose did, which was... Um, <laughs> you always do this. This is what, what Josh does all the time, Martin. So when we had Philip Perry on, yeah. he'll basically run through things he thinks have done wrong to try and get you to say it was OK. <laughs> OK. This is, mad, is, this, is this what they call mad, bad or sad? <laughs> you, that, it's a, it's a psychological thing where people ask questions to work out, am I mad, bad or sad? Yes, yeah, exactly yeah. that. Yeah. Maybe I'll grade you on one of those three. Should we okay, do that? Yeah. Uh, you think. need a sting. Can we have a sting? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Mad, bad or sad with Martin so, Lewis. So I thought this was good, but I'm interested in your take. No, Josh, did you think it was mad, bad or sad? I, well, Just good. Or glad, yeah, you could glad. Glad, glad, glad. I was glad. But then it did go wrong at the end. So um, we, my daughter wanted a Bluey Dolls house and um, she's got loads of toys uh, because I'm weak. And so we said... If you give three of your toys that you no longer use to the charity shop, we'll get you a Bluey Dolls house. So we we kind of made this deal that if you got rid of some of the old, like three of the old things, then you could have one of the new ones. Is that so far? I'm liking the message. Yes, okay. more so than the lemon eating. Yeah, much more than <laughs> lemon eating. Sure. That, that was definitely bad. Noted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no, look. I mean, and clearly in your case, and I applaud it, you're giving it to the charity shop. Equally, yeah. in another case, you could say you have to sell it to get the new thing and we then make the money and we bring yeah. the money back. And that's a lesson that items have value and there's opportunity yes. cost, which is really important, uh, kids understanding opportunity cost. It's one of the basic lessons I, I, I teach them when they're so young. give me an explanation of opportunity cost. Um, you can buy... If I give you a pound pocket money, yeah, you can have a choice that you can buy sweets with it, if you allow that. You buy sweets with it every week and you get your sweets or you can not spend it and then after 10 weeks you can buy that um, lovely whatever toy you like for £10. Yes. But you can't have both. So yes. which, which one are you going to choose? And that delayed, and that's a whole delayed gratification yeah, conversation yeah, yeah. which is also really good to teach kids and to try and get them to learn about delayed gratification and yeah. to learn that actually waiting for something is really good for them. So in your case, I like the idea of trade-off, just starting to understand those basic concepts of you can't have it all and things have a cost to them. And while you did it for the charity shop, I think that, that's not bad messaging. So I'm glad so far. I good. suspect there's something coming to the end of the story. Well, no, it, I, I was really <laughs> pleased with it. Um, but the other day, I did <laughs> notice that one of those toys I just forgot to take to the charity shop. So she's still got one of the toys in her room. Oh, no. And that that's is bad. That's bad, <laughs> that's isn't bad. it? Because you didn't follow through on it. You didn't follow through, so you messed up the message and you told her that 
you you can oh, have God. your cake and eat it. Oh, and you know what? There are problems with people who think they can have their cake and eat it. Oh no! Yeah. Should I write her off? This is or great. This is great around? for me now. What are you turn? No, no, yeah. Well, shall we just leave that one there? You know, <laughs> we, we won't get into the whole cakeism issue, but cakeism can be very difficult, you know. Yes. Oh, you know, no. just just think what happened if your daughter, for example, went on to leave the country and and and, and had those type of messages <laughs> drilled into her. Is it bad that I'm really enjoying that Josh did it wrong? Is yeah. that bad? Yeah, I, I think that's fine. That. It's just I you'd a bit Schadenfreude. Um, oh, Martin, the, sorry, we interrupted you a little bit about the pocket money, the chores. Um, what are the yeah, chores you set for from about the age of six? Yeah, well, we set, well, well they, they just they move and they morph all the way through, I think. I mean, the, the, the difficulty I have is while I come up with this all, everything you need, not everything you want, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, like, like other fellow dads, I mean, my daughter has superpowers in her eyes. Yes. She looks at me and I'm just like, whatever yeah. you want. <laughs> yeah. But my wife is more the sort of Attila the Hun of mothering. <laughs> I'm sure she'll love that. In a positive, nice way. Yeah, um, sure. is in, she's very strict. She's strict on food. I mean, my daughter thinks that, that like a celebration is a full chocolate bar. That's, that's <laughs> all, and, and you're allowed one of those a week. That's basically, and I'm in so much trouble. I love, um, I love the panic. One my wife's wonderful panic. But, wonderful, but she's she wonderful is, as well as this thing I'm talking about. She's a wonderful and a brilliant mother, but she is strict. So yeah. I'm the weak one. Who, even with all my money saving, that I mean, basically, if, if my big money saving weakness is, of course, my daughter, because I just like to give her everything. Yeah. And, but you can't do that. It's a really, really bad messaging for life. Yeah. So we do restrain, and thankfully, um, Lara, my wife, helps me keep my feet on the ground with that one. So if if you're out and it was you and your daughter, yeah, and it's a sunny day, and she's like, "Can I have an ice cream?" Well, the answer is, "Mummy's not here." Daddy is in charge, and she'll sometimes say, "Do you have to ask, Mummy?" <laughs> because we all know how it's working in that basis. And I'm like, "No, Mummy said that Daddy's taking you out today, so I'm allowed to take you out. So we're having an ice cream, and we will have an ice cream each." I, I wish there's a way of communicating to people you bought ice creams off without the child hearing. Just do a small one because they're not going to notice the difference. Yeah, they start to notice as they get older. That's the problem. Do they? You know, my six-year-old is getting very clever, and it's it's frustrating for me to deal with her in an argument. And does here's a question: Is um, uh, and we should, we'll put a uh, we'll put a um warning on before the interview. Is Father Christmas in your house following money-saving rules? No, because we have a Hanukkah instead, which makes it a lot easier. Okay. So we don't do Christmas in our household. I have and, and put and so if we're talking within a no kid zone here. Yeah. I, as someone who wasn't brought up with Father Christmas, we just didn't do it at all because yeah. we're Jewish. Um, for those who didn't get the Hanukkah reference. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I always slightly struggle with this concept that uh, really hardworking parents work very, very hard and then give the credit to this old fat guy with a beard yeah. um, for the presents they get. And I find it even more difficult and, and a slightly more serious point on this one. And I know people mm. manage it different ways and many people manage through this. The concept that there's this message that you get presents if you're good. Yeah. And Johnny down the street, whose parents are a lot richer, is obviously been a lot gooder than you've been right, because yeah, they yeah. got many more presents and many more things. So, I, I mean... And as I say, I know lots of parents talk to their kids about it and they manage and they change their messages and Father Christmas only buys one present and they buy the big present. And how the, yeah. But it doesn't seem to have walked us as a society. No. But if you, were, if you were to set it up as a concept that you were going to do it today and take yeah. the tradition out of it, it's a bloody awful concept. Yeah. 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 
Right, it yeah. is a really odd that somebody else, some stranger is buying your kids presents and judging whether they're good or bad and the richer children tend to get bigger and yeah, better presents. Yeah. It's not, it's just not a good concept. I'm no. mad, bad or sad, I would go bad. But of course, it's a wonderful happiness tradition that gives everybody joy joy and, and loving life. So I'm not criticising it too much. No, no, not at all. I totally agree. In our house, Father Christmas only ever brings one present. Well, I don't know if you know that I, I've run for years this campaign against unnecessary Christmas presents. I mean, it's a really big issue for me. Present giving was originally a form of social banking, right? So let's take ourselves back hundreds of years ago. You'd be in a society, the main time you give present when a couple got married. And what you'd effectively do is when a couple got married, older, stable members of the community who had acquired more stuff or money would then give items or money to younger members of the community to start out their married life together. And as those people then aged, they would effectively give it back to new younger people as they got married mm. in a form of social banking. And it was actually quite a good service. Ceremonial gift exchange is quite a good anthropological service that happened in society. The problem that you have with Christmas gift giving is it's a zero sum game. I give to you and you give to me. Yeah. And I tend to give to you something of the roughly the same value that you tend to give to me. And we're talking outside immediate family and for children here. Yeah. And therefore, what you effectively do is I am choosing what you spend your money on because yeah. I am buying you a scarf and you're going, well, I'll buy him a tie. So I give you a scarf, you give me a tie. Would you, and therefore the 20 quid that we both spent, you have effectively spent 20 quid on the tie that I gave you. Would you have actually chosen to spend your money on that tie? And when, especially when people are skint, yeah. then Christmas yeah. gift giving can be really difficult. And one of the greatest gifts you can give is, is the gift of releasing people from the obligation of having to buy for you when they're skint. And people always say, what about the gift of giving there? What about the gift of giving? Well, if you put pressure on someone who's got less than you to buy something back for you and don't say, you don't have to, oh, you don't have to, it's fine. They're going to, mm. you are obligating them to do it. Actually, you're potentially misprioritizing their finances and making them buy a tie when they would prefer to feed their children with the money. So uh, we, we have to be careful about... Yeah. Yeah. spreading the web of who we give gifts to when it comes to Christmas. And I talk about, I mean, even now, even though we're way before it when we're recording this, when you start, we're, we're going to be building up to autumn and winter. Make a no unnecessary present pack. Say to yeah, friends, we're just not idea. doing gifts each year. Yeah, no idea. unnecessary presents. That's, that with the cost of living crisis coming up, don't buy for me. I need my money. You, I won't buy for you. Let's send each other an e-card or something or make something or, or, or even just give a gift to charity in the name of all your friends. But it, Christmas has become a retail festival. Mm, yeah. It's great for the kids and parents giving to their kids. And not all parents can afford to give their kids gifts. And we have to be careful about that, which is why the language that we should use is, is really important. Uh, it goes on. And one more. Can I go yeah, one more yeah, thing? Totally. I once genuinely, for my telly show, did this experiment to prove a point about Christmas with young children. We went and we got some huge boxes, cardboard boxes, and we wrapped them. And I went to a class of reception kids. We had permission and we gave them these amazing boxes. And I said to them, there's nothing in them. And they said, I said, there's nothing in the boxes. And they knew it was okay. And I said, do you want to open them? They said, yeah. I said, do you want to open them? Yeah. And uh, they ripped the boxes open and they played for 47 minutes with the empty cardboard boxes <laughs> until the end of the class. And they absolutely loved it and thought it was the best present they ever had. And parents of younger children 
you are going to be under a hell of a lot of pressure to spend lots of money on gifts mm. as they grow up before they become retail snobs and don't know the value of things. Don't judge the present you give them by the price tag. Yeah. Yeah. Judge it by how much they enjoy it. Yeah. And when you can get away with not spending too much money when they're very young, totally. if you're under financial pressure, don't spend too much money on it. No, I totally agree. We we, we sometimes um, buy them like a, something that will be useful for the rest of the year. So like a slide or a trampoline or something, or even if something for the garden that um, you can, that's got a bit more of a, of a, of a, a lifespan. lifespan. It's basically, it's an investment philosophy, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. it's, long, it's longevity. I mean, that, I think that is the right way to go. Well, you get, the problem is kids often want something that seems and incredibly exciting and then they get it and you know it's only going to have five minutes of use. Yeah. You yeah. know it's a one-trick yeah. pony, and and that is, and it's it's the advertising, which is often the only sort of financial education some kids get is the adverts, yeah, yeah, and that really pushes them into buy stuff. And it's not good for the environment either, plastic-wise. The amount of plastic things that I've bought, do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just like landfill stuff, isn't it? We don't mind if they're playing with it loads. You know, you get yeah, a slide no, course, for the garden, yeah. and they're on it every time a friend comes yeah. over. But like when it's just like little plastic wrappers of, of nonsense. And but on birthday cards and Christmas cards, I don't know what your view is on this, but I think sending another adult a birthday card that don't, you know, some people really like them, but it's, I think it's an older generational thing. Just send if you send in a heartfelt message on WhatsApp or a text message, uh, for me, has way more impact than a bit of card that says to Rob from so-and-so. And the yeah. money that's spent on that is ridiculous. Here's a question. So I've got a, I've got a um, financial, um, which I got from my dad, which is a financial theory I have. I'd be interested in your taste, which actually I find very helpful. Mad. Sorry, just, just, uh, just going for it in advance. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's a good theory. Do you, you agree with it, Rob? You know what I'm going to say, right? I think it's, I think it made. I think it's quite a good mental health strategy. Yeah. Okay. Which is that you'll lose a thousand pounds a year to being an idiot. The thousand pounds is neither here nor there. Is it? It's just a fra way of phrasing it. But you will lose a certain amount of money a year to missing a train or parking in a, you know, putting the wrong date on your parking thing and getting a parking ticket or breaking your iPhone or whatever. And if you admit to yourself that these things are just going to happen, it makes it a lot easier to deal with. I, I don't mind it as a concept. Although, of course, we <laughs> should be like trying... It. We should be No, I don't mind it. We should be trying to prevent it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's something similar I talk about on a, on a different angle, which is um, we, have to, we have to let ourselves off. But I think mm. what you have... The key to it, though is do you get the learnings when it happens? The only thing I slightly worry about in that philosophy is that it gives you permission not to learn from past mistakes. Yeah, yes. that, has a, that is a problem I have. <laughs> so, and, and that's, that's real. So I'll, yeah. I'll play a little game. I'll do the thing I was thinking, which is a little game. Yeah. Right, here you go. So let's, I'll play with you both. I, I've got, I, as you can see in our, um, in our conversation where we're all on video cams, yeah. which are turned off, yeah. I have in my hand a coin. You can see it, can't you? <laughs> yes. Thank yes. you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a perfectly normal coin, mm -hmm. heads or tails. This is the bet I am going to offer you. I'm not really. This is the bet. <laughs> okay. If you win on the toss of a coin, I'll give you 100 quid. I won't. I'll give you 100 quid. If I win, you have to give me a quid. You don't. Right? right so that's yeah. the bet. Yeah. Toss of a coin, 100 quid if you win, one quid if I win. Would you yeah. take the bet? I would take the bet, yes. Yeah, yeah. Good bet. Can I see the coin? And it's it's not a fake coin or any. Well, it doesn't really exist because I'm just yeah, making it up yeah, as we yeah, go. Yeah, but let's yeah, let's yeah, in, in this yeah. ephemeral. Josh is but... up for winning under a quid. <laughs> Can we do it six times? <laughs> <laughs> right. So here we go. So I toss the coin. 
I took really hard. Did you use a Furbinator thing then for that? Yeah. It's, cool. <laughs> it's in my hand. Call heads or tails? Go on, Josh. Uh, tails. Never it's fails. Heads. It's heads. Oh. Was it a bad bet? No, because the, the odds were good. Rob, good bet, bad bet. Um, I'd say, it, well, it was a bad bet because it didn't come off in hindsight, but, um, yeah, in, like, you know, but it's a, that's a, I, I, uh, I wouldn't have regretted going for it. I would argue it was a good decision. It was yeah. a good bet. Yeah. You had 100 to 1 odds. The downside was you lose a quid. The upside was you gain 100 quid on 50-50 chance. I mean, absolutely, it was worth taking it. And what you had there is a really clinical idea of the difference between a good and bad decision and a good and bad outcome. You made a good decision. Yeah. yeah. You had a bad outcome. Now, in that particular example, that's really, really easy to understand. When it starts to get, you know, at the moment, should I fix my energy bills at 40% more than they currently are? Or should I get a fixed rate mortgage? Or these are all decisions based on uncertainty. Should I marry him or her? It's a decision based on yeah. uncertainty. Yeah. Should I have children? Is a decision based on uncertainty. And all we can do is weigh up the information that we have available and try and make a good decision. But what we as human beings are prone to is when we make when we make a decision and we have a bad outcome, we then assess it as a bad decision. Yeah. So people in 2007 who fixed their mortgage at 5% based on the fact that they didn't want mortgage rates to go up and they were really scared if they did, they wouldn't be able to afford them. So they wanted the certainty of locking in for five years at 5% and then interest rates went down and they went, oh, I made the worst decision. I locked in interest rates at 5% and I could have, if I hadn't, it had been 2%. No. You made a good decision, you had a bad outcome. And yeah. unless you're capable mentally of separating the two yeah. and understanding it, what happens is we start to make worse decisions in future because we become risk averse because we confuse decision and outcome. And that, that's, it's not quite the same philosophy as you're doing, but I think what you have to do always is make sure that you, you assess the situation. I'm not talking about trivial yeah. things, but you assess the situation to make sure that you understand what went wrong and could you have done anything to prevent it? And if you could do something to prevent it, make sure you do prevent it in future. But if you couldn't, don't beat yourself up about it. Yeah, yeah. That's great. So the different differentiating between um, bad outcome and bad decision, good decision, good outcome. Yeah, and exactly. That, yes. and, and you have to work that out. Which one was it? Which one was it? I mean, and some because a lot of questions I get from people are permission questions when I do my roadshows or stuff where they, they come to me and they explain all the things that I would tell them if they'd ask me the question, you know, they go through it, but this could happen and that could happen. So should I do it? And, I, and, and usually it's like, well, you've thought everything through. All you're yeah. actually doing is asking me for permission. And they go, well, I suppose I am. And I say, we don't know the outcome, but your yeah. de the decision you're making is perfectly rational. So yes, if you feel this is the right thing for you, I can't see any reason you shouldn't do it. But that doesn't mean it will always work out for you. And in, in, in finance, like in life, there are many uncertainties. And the biggest thing that we struggle to deal with as human beings is uncertainty. So you have yeah. to understand what's certain, what isn't certain, and how to make the best decision around that. And, and so on that, do you think um, I should stop buying AirPods because I keep losing them? Well, the best answer would be stop using them, <laughs> wouldn't it? I think you need. I think you need ones that have got a little cable on, Josh. So you don't lose yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, yeah, the headphone issue is a particularly difficult one. If, I mean, are you losing them because they're dropping out of your ears when you're on a run, or are you no, losing no, no, them no, because no. you just misplaced them? Because I'm scatty. Well, can I tell you a secret? Yeah, I'm a loser too. Are you? Oh, I, I, I am. A loser. This is this is a this is a scoop. 
Well, it's not. It's been on my website since about 2003. Oh, actually, damn. the phrase I'm a loser in the mobile phone insurance article. But it's a scoop. Um, <laughs> um, it's a race scoop. Yeah. I, I, I lose things. Uh, mobile phones, keys, headphones. I mean, generally they're found because I haven't, haven't actually misplaced them. But I'm, I'm classic. My brain is very, very organised. But everything else is very disorganised. You know, I'm. A, you must have a messy desk. Do you have a messy desk or a messy? Place? Yeah, mine's a dis- yeah, mine's yeah, actually yeah, disgusting. Yeah. Mine is. Yeah. Uh, Looks again, like I've been burgled. Again, luckily, Mrs. Money Saving Expert is incredibly tidy and sort of forces me to make get things in order when I need to do so. So I'm. A, I'm a messy desk person, and I lose stuff all the time. But I. I've started to try and have places where I put things. Right. Right. So yeah. and try and teach the habit. Now, when I take my headphones off, I will always put them in the same spot. So that yes. I always in, and I must not take them off unless I'm putting them in that spot. And it, I think clearly, maybe if you're losing them all the time, you might want to find a cheaper brand. Yes. When do you when do you wear your headphones? In the house or out of the house? <laughs> it sounds like some sort of headphone intervention. Let's do it. It is. When do you wear them, Josh? It's, I wear them out of the house. And I, I've got a way, I've got a, a key uh, saucer. A key dish. Yeah. A key, key dish. dish yeah. Yeah, and I try and put them in there, but I always forget, and they're in the pockets, and then I can't remember which pocket they're in, and then they're... Or they're you, can they, you not I, pat the pockets down? That's sounding a bit of a raw excuse there. No, I mean, but... No, no. Are, are, are they going in the washing machine, your headphones? Is that no, the washing but are they... Like, How are they disappearing if they're in your the pockets right. and it's going to the washing machine? You love other people's problems, don't you, Mark? Yeah. You really get into it. I just, just, it's frustrating I, me. I lose them in a car, or worse... No, no, I, no. You just said I bring them in and no, I leave no, them in pockets. No, 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 but then now I find the them. This and then I'll go out and I don't know whether they're in the trousers or they're in a car. I think when Josh is the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> And then here's another thing I do. I, th- I think I've got them and I go out and then I haven't got the headphones. I've just got the little packet that looks like the Tic Tacs packet. Oh, who takes them out and doesn't oh, put them no, in the yeah. packet? I mean, come, come on. on. I know come I know on. it's bad. This is really I know bad. It's bad. But it is. It is. But but one one should stop one. I don't know why I've done one, but let's go with it. One. <laughs> well, Josh should. Josh, stop, yeah. stop boasting about it. And stop yep. commercialising it by using yeah. it as a good story in your podcast. Yeah. I've got to make the money it, back mate. somehow, Martin. And fix it. <laughs> okay. you know, he's, he's using comedy as an excuse, isn't he, exactly. Martin? Like, oh, he... I'm not, what am I like? I'm scatty. <laughs> Grow up, you loser. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is another, another bad. You, yeah. This is not, you know, you need to start by, okay, are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Let's get I'm the not sure I'm out. ready. I'm not sure I'm ready for this. Can I take this? Each time you buy a pair of headphones. Yeah. I want you to imagine that instead you could have given that money to starving children. Oh, oh my. Yes. And therefore, by your loser ability of losing yeah. headphones, yeah. the opportunity cost of buying those new headphones is children going without food to eat. Okay. Oh, that's good. Oh, this is going to... Martin, do you, you know he's quite fragile. This will haunt him forever. I just want to say, just because I'm, I'm a nice guy and I try and help things, yeah. I am absolving you of the past headphone issues. Okay, right. You don't need to feel like guilty about past yeah. headphones. Okay. But from this point onwards, because because you've come to the money confessional, yeah. right? from this point onwards, that is the attitude you have to have when you are taking your headphones out to remember that if you're going to be careless with them, the impact it has on the starving children. Can I say how I worry this isn't going to be a money-saving tip? Because now if I lose a pair of headphones, I'll buy the headphones and then through guilt, 
I'll donate some money to a charity. So I'm actually paying double for the headphones. Yeah, but your loss is the world's gain. Let's not worry. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be fine, Josh. Um, Martin, the last question is, um, what's the one thing that Mrs. Um, Money Saving Expert does at home that um, frustrates you parenting-wise? You've mentioned the chocolates and sweets, but is there anything else? We understand she's a wonderful woman and a wonderful mum, but is there any things you clash on over parenting? Uh, strictness. Strictness. Really? strictness. Yeah, because of strictness, you know, TV time and all that type of stuff, um, watching one more 15-minute programme, all that type of thing. She's just, I, I don't know how she does it. I, don't, I, I want to appease. I want that little, but she wants she wants to teach and to learn and to educate. That's that is our friction point. But to be fair, and and I would say this because um, <laughs> we're on here and it's public, but it is true. <laughs> uh, um, we we do not argue very much. We do not argue very much about this. Mm. Occasionally, I will mention it, and equally, she'll say to me. Yeah, did you have to do that? Did you have to give her that? Yeah. And it's like, so, but it's not a big deal for us. Okay, brilliant. Martin, thank you so it's much. Been that's so that's good. Thank great. You so much. Thank you for having educational me. Educational and really funny. A double whammy. And sometimes we don't have either. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that Josh or you? <laughs> Depends how we've been that week, really. Sort of. It's an ever-changing thing. It's flux. Um, thank you so much, Thanks Ryan. So and much you're welcome back whenever you want. Yeah, um, we love our, having our you on. audience will love that. Cheers. Well, I'll have to come back and judge on the headphones. Yes, exactly. Cool. Martin Lewis, money-saving expert, MSE. It's the first time I've taken notes, Rob. What did you take notes about? No lemon? Uh, <laughs> I wrote down the words needs and wants. I wrote down pocket money is pay. <laughs> and I wrote down pension for child. That sounds like a, some sort of Slipknot album. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Those are the notes for Psychopath. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't have them on your body in case there's a road accident and they just whip that out your pocket. You get sectioned. Widdicombe's suicide note was very cryptic indeed. <laughs> needs and wants, quite Yeah, quite needs clear. and wants. But he does feel like his life insurance would be a pension for his child. That's what we're getting at. Um, thank you to Martin. Thank you to everyone who bullied him on um, Instagram and st- Twitter and his in dentist. The street. Big up Martin Lewis's dentist. Big up Martin Lewis's dentist. Shout out to the dentist. Oh, that's a tough, though, tough haggle. He's there, he's there with, like, the mouth guard thing on, and he's like, right, yeah. we need a quick key, clean. He's like, how much is that going to be? I'll leave it out, Martin. You've got plaque. <laughs> By the way, we know that dentist is absolutely offering the best value for money. If, you, if you're in the dentist and you see Martin Lewis walking out, you think, I've made a good decision here. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Wherever you are and you see Martin Lewis, you're like, this was, I've, done, I've done well today. Imagine being on the same flight as Martin Lewis. I've oh. definitely got the best value flight available today. <laughs> There is no... I just saw Martin Lewis. What car's he driving? The same one as mine! Yes! So, but, but my advice would be... I always thought about this. I did a bit routine about this where I, I was sort of trying to lose weight. So what I started doing was... Follow, the routine was following someone who was really fit and healthy around a supermarket. And when they weren't looking, just nick their trolley and pay for all that because it must be the good food. And that's what you're going to do with Martin Lewis? Whatever Martin Lewis is doing, I'm doing. I, I think that's a good idea. And can I just say, as one last appeal... If you are the dentist to a famous person you think will be good on this podcast, do, when you've got their mouth open, tell them they need to do it. Yeah, because I do whatever my dentist says. Yeah, exactly. You're going to need to floss and you're going to need to be on lockdown parenting hell. Oh, do you know what I hate the most is when you're going for, you know you have to go in for that deep clean, because you can brush your teeth yeah. every day, but mm. plaque will build up over time. You, have, you haven't got the right equipment, have you? And I go, oh, cool, these are a bit dirty. There's a bit of plaque here. I went, yeah, that's why I'm here, <laughs> for you to fucking clean them. I don't turn up to a car car cleaning service with a clean car, do I? Well, I don't. I have to pay extra. What? For what? 
When I took my car about 18 so months dirty. ago, they made me pay extra because it was so oh, dirty. Dirty little hobbit boy. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they said. It was quite <laughs> weird. Um, Your big old ears, headphones dropping out. When he said that to you and he went, well, your ears ears too big and they just drop out. I was like, that's quite offensive. <laughs> a fucking dumbo. I wouldn't, they wouldn't fall out on a jog and then I'd lose them. I'm not scrabbling around on the floor like I'm someone looking for loose change. Anyway, good bloke. Listen to yeah, what he says. It. We know nothing. No. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.